Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When do you notice that the paper you're using is actually your skin. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hi. And happy birthday. Thank you. I have in my bag here a lovely card from you. What would you like me to write in it? Oh, <laughs> Okay, should I dictate something? Hang on a second. Okay. Let's get it out of the, uh, the wrapper here. Don't look at it. Oh, it's from Liberty. Nice Is that from Liberty? Jeff, yeah. you, £4.95? That's cheap for Liberty. <laughs> I thought I said, a... give me the, your cheapest card. Uh, what would you like me to write? Okay, uh, dear Annabelle. Yeah. And then in brackets, my, my greatest friend. Yeah. And... I much prefer you to my other podcast co-host, Ed Millamond. <laughs> okay. Happy 26th birthday. Uh, okay. Lots of love. Jeff. And then you can put your other family members in as well, but I mean all of them. <laughs> and they include cousins. Of which you have about 36. I do. I do have 36 first cousins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so here you go. I also got you. Um, so basically, I've been away and Sarah's been away. We've mm. been away independently of each other. Yeah. Me and my son, uh, or my son and I, went to North Wales to visit my mum and dad in Prestatyn. Yeah. My wife is in New York. Yeah, yeah. So I asked her to find you something nice in New York. Oh, nice. I mean, not that nice because yeah. money's tight. Yeah, but um, I, I got oh, you these from uh, the yay. train station. Veggie pigs. Percy Veggie Percy pigs. Oh, let's get them open now. That's a lovely treat. Thank you. Sorry, I'm just going to finish writing this card and then I'll... I'm just eating a Veggie Percy yeah, pig. Sorry, it's my bad handwriting. Oh, lovely. You can put it back in the envelope. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I went to Marks and Spencer's at the mm. train station. Firstly, I found it very odd that they're selling Maltesers and Pepsi in Marks and Spencer. Yeah, now. they've started doing this. You can buy 12. I don't want to see things no. that aren't made by St. Michael in Marks and Spencer. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. And then what I got, Annabelle, because I know you like them, mm. are these Percy Pigs, but the veggie version. Mm. They're, they're For people maybe not listening to the UK or people who don't know these, they're a bit like Haribo mm, mm. in the shape of pigs. Mm, mm. And Percy Pigs they've done for years and years and years. And then more recently, say within the past five, years they introduced veggie uh, veggie percy's yeah yeah and these are made without gelatin mm. so 
what I don't understand is, is there anyone out there who's eating the actual Percy pigs, enjoying them more because they've got dead animals in them? If, if, I'm eating a, if I'm eating a sweet that looks like a pig, I want to know that an animal has died to make that sweet. And the worst thing about it is they don't, in the ingredients, they don't just write gelatin like some people do. They write either beef gelatin or pork gelatin. So who is buying a piggy sweet? And you've got two choices, <laughs> one without the word pork gelatin in the ingredients and one with it going, mm, yes, I'm going to get that one. I would like to, to, to do a large scale experiment doing a taste test yeah. with, these, uh, with these carnivores to see if they can tell the difference mm. between regular Percy pigs and veggie Percy pigs because I'm sure they can't. I'm sure too. Um, so there you go. We'll, we'll uh, tuck into those. Thank you. As the podcast goes on. You have a nice birthday, don't Yeah, really nice. Thank you. I went to Sainsbury's earlier. I'm not, yeah. I'm not joking, I did. <laughs> had to go and buy some dog food. Oh, so you didn't like treat yourself to a shopping spree? <laughs> no, I just had to go and get some dog food. A trolley dash. No, no. Um, and you, you had your first Mother's Day. Oh, I did, yes, yesterday, yeah. How did that go for you? Loved it, yeah. The fuss, it's brilliant. <laughs> Tell me, tell me about the fuss they made made for you. What did, what did you do? I got a handmade card. I got a plant. I got a spa day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. not spa the supermarket. It's not like you Sainsbury's <laughs> thing, but in the spa, <laughs> no, 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 really. you go to Sainsbury's to practice. <laughs> that would be kind of a treat for me. <laughs> um, and then I got taken out for lunch, and I had a glass of prosecco. They really uh, did pull out all the yeah, stops yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. And then in the evening it was just exactly the same. Like I went to bed at seven o'clock as normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So so I went up to visit my mum and dad and something terrible has happened. Oh, no, what? My dad has installed one of those electricity smart meters. No, no, I see. What's the So it tells him oh. in any given day how much has been spent on electricity. Yeah, yeah. And he's become obsessive about it. Really? So my teenage niece was there yeah. and like she went and had a shower and then when she came out of the shower my dad oh, was God. moaning on about her about how long she'd been in the shower for and it cost her an extra 2p no yeah no. he's banned the toaster <laughs> the toaster so, so he came down and caught me making crumpets in the toaster which i'd found hidden away in a cupboard and the reason he's hidden the toaster <laughs> is that it costs 8p more to make crumpets in the toaster than it does under the grill with the gas. No. Yeah, I mean, he I is obsessive. Not. It's like, what you'd like it because you're into your history. Because mm. it's like going back in time because you're in the dark <laughs> all the time. It's like the Victorian era. I am listening to this thinking, I think I might get one of those. Don't get one. I really want one. He's absolutely obsessive about it. So uh, Jean and I came back on the train this morning mm. and um, I was just telling her before we switched the microphones on, it was a somewhat hellish journey the train was over crammed and we couldn't get a seat for the first 45 minutes then when we did get a seat we sat down at crew somebody got off and the second we sat down a gentleman in a wheelchair got on and the pram was in the wheelchair space Mm. so I, i then had to go and move it and sit with it between my legs God. You know, nice. so we're like on an aeroplane. We're two seats together with yeah. seats in front of us, and Jean's got one, and then I'm in a seat with a pram, straddling a pram all mm. the way from crew to London. And Jean is obsessed with little cars at the moment, little metal cars, yeah, yeah. and and he dropped one on the floor, and then I had to retrieve it. Now, bearing in mind, I can't get down to ground level mm. because I've got this pram straddled around this pram, and it rolled into the aisle. So I managed to snake my leg into the aisle and the guy in the wheelchair who's sitting right by us, he goes, uh, oh, he's dropped his car, has he? I said, yeah, but I've become quite adept at retrieving things with my... And then I realised it seems really insensitive for me to say feet at this point. (laughs) 
because this man hasn't got the use of his <laughs> no. legs. Is he like you're showing off? So yes, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I've become very adept at trying to retrieve things with my various skills. Jeff, no, and he's thinking he was going to say feet. Oh. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift with you, which is saying something about you. Well, last week we reminded you of your duty as a listener mm. to, uh, to to join in with the podcast by sharing your story. How has um, that gone for us? Yes, we've had some more contributions. Thank you for that. Yep. So, um, so what we had then? First one's from Connor. In January, I took part in a charity hitchhike race from St Andrews to Barcelona. With hindsight, signing up to partake was my first mistake. Various things went horrifyingly wrong on the voyage from Fife to Catalonia, but I want to share a particularly mortifying mishap that happened in a tiny town called Earltown in the Scottish borders. We've been standing at the side of the road in this town for ages with our thumbs out and were becoming dejected. Then a car did a U-turn in the road and came towards us. An elderly lady was driving. She was waving at us. Then the car pulled up on the pavement just past where we were standing. I jogged over, opened the back door and got in proclaiming my gratitude. The lady's eyes locked onto me in the rearview mirror. She screamed, What are you doing? We live here, we're parking. Retrospectively, it's clear she wasn't waving at us, but rather shooing us away from where she wanted to park. Safe to say, I'll never show my face in Earl Town ever again. We made it to Barcelona after three days with a trail of humiliating experiences in our wake. We should throw out, <coughs> excuse me, we should throw out the uh, the topic as not waving but drowning. Oh, yes, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, this is from Lucy. She says, I first heard about your podcast when my dad sent in his embarrassing story about being extremely drunk on a train and managing to crawl through the carriage like an absolute <laughs> idiot, which I remember very well. Yeah. And I'm impressed that a dad has then obviously got a daughter listening. This is progress. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's progress. It's progress, it's not, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Lucy says, I thought I'd send in a story of my own. We were on our way to Wales and stopped at a welcome break halfway there. They wanted a Burger King, but I'm vegetarian, so I decided to wander off and find something for myself. I came across a Waitrose and had a scout for some vegetarian food, all while a hot cashier was checking me out. I finally picked up my meal of choice and made it to the checkout. She greeted me and began to scan my items while I waited nervously. She finished and told me the total of my items and I proceeded to count out the contents of the coins in my pocket. After a few seconds, she says, oh, that looks new. Assuming she was talking about a coin in my hand, I found the most shiny one in the bunch and said, oh, yeah, what year is that? And to my horror, she replied, oh, no, I meant the tattoo on your hand. I froze what felt like an eternity and managed to squeeze out the words, oh, yeah, it's pretty new. She then proceeded to ask if it hurt much because she wanted to get a tattoo on her hand also. I said, yeah, it kind of hurt. She explained that she had a tattoo on her ankle and asked me if I did too. Without even thinking about my answer, I said yes. Oh no. I do not have a tattoo on my ankle. <laughs> and to make matters a million times worse, she asked, oh, what tattoos do you have on your ankle? <laughs> now what am I supposed to say? There's a customer waiting behind me, putting me under an immense amount of pressure listening to our conversation. And what's the best I can come up with? I can't remember. (laughs) She smirked at me and the customer behind me couldn't resist a slight smirk. I could have curled up into a ball and let the world swallow me up. Being able to remember so a tattoo wonderful. on your own body. Oh dear! <laughs> oh, uh, we should do that. That would be a good topic. The um, shortest amount of time between telling a lie and it all unraveling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 
And this is from Amy. I work in the voluntary sector in a small city where everyone knows each other. Because there are only so many charities in the area, you tend to see the same people popping up in different roles. Some will move from Charity X to Charity Y, for instance. So it's quite normal to come across old colleagues in new jobs years after you've both left whatever charity you used to work for. This can be incredibly awkward as it means you can't ever fall out with anyone in case you end up working with them in the future or, as happened to a friend of mine, turning up for an interview to find the person you sent an angry email to is on the interview panel. I recently attended a charity networking event where I spotted Jim, not his real name, a guy I worked with briefly at another charity. I left that charity a few months after Jim joined, so we didn't get a chance to get to know each other that well, but I hate networking and I was so pleased to see a friendly face that I made a beeline for him and greeted him with a hearty, hello, how are you doing? He seemed a little less enthusiastic, but he didn't immediately run away, so I thought I was doing pretty well at the whole talking to someone you barely know thing. Jim and I chatted for a while about the project he is working on. Then he asked me how things are going at Charity X. That's when I realised this conversation wasn't going as well as I thought, since I don't work for the charity he mentioned and never have. I suddenly remembered that there is a woman called Sarah at Charity X who has a similar hairstyle to me. In fact, we have been mistaken for each other before and that Jim must have assumed I was her. It was even more mortifying that Jim obviously didn't realise I was his former colleague and probably wondered why Sarah had been so eager to say hello to him since I don't think they knew each other that well. Instead of correcting Jim immediately, for some reason, I decided to tell him that things were going well. Obviously, this then led to him asking more questions about my new role. <laughs> Luckily, I know Sarah fairly well, so I bluffed my way through based on things she had told me. I kept my answers brief for fear of being found out, then pretended I'd spotted someone else I just had to say hello to before scurrying away. I left the event shortly after that, even though it was due to go on for another half hour, and I'm now terrified of running into him again in case he realises that I am not Sarah and wonders why I lied. (laughs) Even worse, I could bump into him at an event where Sarah is also present and he might tell her I've been impersonating her. (laughs) I'm now desperately coming up with excuses for my boss as to why I can't go to any more networking events this year. Oh, that's really good. Being mistaken for somebody else and then going along with it. Yep. Um, to avoid awkwardness. (laughs) Yes, yeah. We'll do that as a topic. Uh, Yes, uh, shortest time between telling a lie and it all unravelling and not waving but drowning, as well as the usual things of social interactions gone awry, blurting things out, pretending to know what you're doing, hiding, and so on. Please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Excuse me, do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd, Annabelle Port, Adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. So, birthday girl. Yeah. You've prepared a birthday story. I have, yes. Is it it birthday themed? It's not, no, because nothing's ever happened to me on my birthday (laughs) that I can remember. (laughs) So I've mentioned before about how when I was a lot younger, I briefly had lessons to play the piano until the teacher told me I was wasting my time and I should stick to ballet. Like children are only allowed one hobby. And it wasn't (laughs) like I was any good at ballet either. Like I should dedicate myself to it the rest of my life. Just wanted rid of you. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Then as a teenager, I took up the banjo. I said that. And I also dabbled with the guitar and anyone who's ever heard the old radio show knows that I'm brilliant at that <laughs> Why are you laughing? now one other instrument I played when I was a lot younger before even the banjo so at about 12 was the harmonica now you're probably thinking yeah we all played the harmonica when we were little Annabelle like, there's, there's no, nothing new there but I took it very seriously I had a teach yourself book and I learned the proper technique with the sucking and blowing and using your tongue 
And the reason why I started playing, I think is a bit weird because I'd read a book about a teenage girl who wanted to give up smoking. So she took up the harmonica to help her do this. <laughs> and even though I didn't smoke and had oh, never I really smoked. That's the way it had gone instead of vaping. <laughs> the world would be an amazing place. Yeah. I took it up just to copy her. So I think it shows that I'm so easily influenced. And it's not dissimilar to when I very nearly decided to become a mechanic because Charlene in Neighbours was a mechanic <laughs> and I just thought she was amazing. Even though I would have been the world's worst mechanic because I probably would have had to have driven a car a bit and like and got it under that hole that you go into to work from, like exactly. So and also the actual mechanicing bit, I think I'd have been pretty terrible at. So I'm very easily influenced. Although I suppose I should be given credit for not taking up smoking first and then learning to play the harmonica. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is definitely one thing. You're not that easily learned. No, no. And the harmonica is a good instrument for me, as it's an instrument which means I'm not also tempted to sing as well. It keeps my mouth very busy. <laughs> and it's the only instrument where I made a public performance. Yes, it was a school assembly about the plight of the homeless. And I played Ralph McTell's Streets of London oh, on my harmonica. And then I recited a poem I'd written about a homeless man. So precocious. Because thinking about it, I would have had to tell the teacher that I could play the harmonica and I could play Streets of London. I would have had to volunteer that. I was going to recite the poem now, but I changed my mind. Not because it's a, a bit done reading out your teenage embarrassing poetry, but because I actually think it's a really good poem and it looked like I was showing off. <laughs> And it's not fair on Carol Ann Duffy because, like, the poet laureate people will be like, hold on a minute, we got someone better. So, why didn't you just recite the lyrics to Streets of London? Because presumably you just played an instrumental version. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. people wouldn't have understood the poignancy of the song. Oh, you're saying that, like, a class of 12 year olds in 1987 didn't know Streets of London by okay, Ralph Mattel. Okay. So, there are two poems I wrote as a teenager, I remember word for word. One was about a homeless man that dies and another about a small girl who loses her parents in a nuclear war and then dies herself. So I think we can say that I was a fairly dark child. And I, I don't think it's common, though, for children born in the 70s to be scared of nuclear war. But I wasn't scared of it. I was obsessed by it because I used to fantasise about going into shops and looting. Oh, yeah, I used to have that fantasy. Yeah, so I yes. was terrified of nuclear war. But I did think just before it all kicked off, I could, like... Um, go to Dixon's and get a yes, synthesizer. Yes, if I think don't you think that makes us so materialistic. Yes. like I wouldn't think yeah, about my family yeah. dying and get upset. I'd think about like being WH Smiths and like stealing loads of pens. I just <laughs> Woolworths and going to the pick and mix. That was more exciting to me. Back to the harmonica though, which like my banjo, I bought with my paper round money because let's not forget I started to start my paper round at the illegal age of twelve. I do wonder why at this age it seems like I was spending all my money on musical instruments. Like surely I should have been buying magazines and lip gloss, not trying to be some kind of preteen Mike Oldfield. And also, what happened? Like this, what happened to this person who was obsessed by all these musical instruments? Like why? Why didn't I become the next Paul McCartney or Dolly Parton? I know that I didn't progress with the harmonica because I did buy a next level one that had a lever for the sharps and flats. And then I realised it was a bit complicated from there on and I lost interest. And I think that says it all, really. But I did take it seriously enough that I didn't call it a harmonica. I called it a harp. Oh, really? Because <laughs> that, that's what you call it if like you're really serious about There's playing There's three it. levels. The complete amateurs say mouth organ. Yeah. Then if you're a bit more serious, you say harmonica. Yeah, yeah. And then if you're like a real like a bluesman or something, yeah. you call it your harp. I would call it in my harp, even though like really all I was doing was playing the Grand Old Duke of York pretty much. <laughs> 
Hi, uh, do you mind if uh, just signing on this uh, clipboard? Uh, it's just four dollars a month. You can give money to this charity, and then uh, it will just come straight out of your bank account. And then we can turn into an evil corporation and take over the universe, and then kill babies and small children and women. Jeff Lloyd, um, Annabelle Port, Adrift. Time for our weekly reminder that you can support the show on Patreon if you enjoy listening to the show every week. Then um, help us keep it going. Go to patreon.com, stroke adrift, and pledge a little bit of money, even if it's just one American dollar a month. It's um, it's gratefully received. And for one American dollar a month, you get a title. Yes, and you're um, up to date with the titles. Oh, really? Yeah, I went crazy last week. I did them all. And so if you haven't heard from me, check your spam first of all, and then email us. <laughs> Is that because you've spent so many weeks writing dedications in books, <laughs> you've found yourself with all this time and not knowing what to do with what it? What do I do while I'm breastfeeding now? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what was lovely was seeing um, all the people who received your book tweeting you pictures of it. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, it's been really lovely, my book coming out and people showing me pictures. And the things I get to see in the background, I saw someone with the world's fanciest toaster that was digital. What? Yes, it was a digital toaster. I mean, imagine that much would cost. Your dad would go oh. mad at using that. <laughs> um, and, and the book for people who didn't sort of pre-order it and pledge to support it, they'll be able to get it in April. Yes, April the 19th is out. And while we're talking about Patreon, after we finish recording the podcast today, we are going to record a little Patreon video mm-hmm. um, uh, written and produced by Annabelle Port. Oh, you d- you've not brought anything to the table. Well, you texted me this morning to say you had three ideas. Yeah, I but thought, they're not they're not up to fear. I thought we don't want to overload it with <laughs> ideas, do we? Uh-oh. Okay, yeah. Okay, right. Oh, dear. Um, I'm worried now. <laughs> I'll be absolutely honest. I, th- I thought I'd be able to have a think about what to do on the train, but yeah. Oh, the, yeah. the train wasn't, um, a, a, it wasn't conducive to having ideas. Okay. And, uh, and I did make sure I wore a nice jumper to be videoed. I, I put some mascara on. And then Jean yeah. smeared raspberry all over it, so I've had to change oh, it to a crumpled one. So. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so we will be <laughs> recording our little video hmm. straight after the podcast today. And if you support us on Patreon, you'll be able to watch it. If you pledge, what is it, $5? I think it might be $10. Upwards. Okay, yeah, so I think so. for $10 supporters, um, we'll be putting the video up in the near future. Adrift. Adrifting. Adrifter. Naughty. Adrift. Well, as I mentioned, I've spent the last few days at my mum and dad's house. Now, um, the, the other people of that generation whose house I spend a bit of time in is uh, my in-laws. Mm-hmm. And when I go to my in-laws, I'm, I'm often greeted with my own face in a frame. In, a, in other words, there are lots of pictures oh. Of us around the house, That's pictures nice. from our wedding, pictures from Sarah's brother's wedding, pictures of us with Jean, lots, lots of pictures here and there. Yeah, I was in um, my mum and dad's house, and and I couldn't find a picture of myself. Not one. So I had a good rummage round, and eventually I found one. Yeah. It's kind of tucked around a wall. You go into the kitchen and then there's a cupboard in a corner. And if you kind of go right towards the cupboard and look back on yourself, <laughs> oh. there's there's one on, there's one on the wall. Yeah. And it's a horrible picture. Oh. It's from the year I would say was the the peak or the nadir of my alcoholism, depending <laughs> on which way you want to hear it. Wow. Okay. Think about it. Yeah. So I'm quite bloated. Oh. And I'm pulling a facial expression that looks looks quite aggressive actually. <laughs> no. Like I'm spoiling for a fight. 
And so this is an old photo then. This is going back a long time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's from the like uh, 99 or 2000, that sort of period. And of lots life. has happened in your life since then when you've yeah. had your photograph taken. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, wedding. Exactly, yeah. You know, having a son and, yeah. and, and so on. Yeah. So you're thinking, well, maybe Jeff's mum and dad aren't, aren't just people who have many photographs of. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. So I went around and counted. Oh, no, you didn't count. Five photographs of the dead dog. <laughs> I'm almost crying. Yeah. Carry on. Five. One of I'm going to show you the picture of it. It's such... Are they in prominent positions? Like, yeah, are we talking yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh. and, you know, throughout the house as well. It's like they can't really um, be in a room without that dead dog looking at them. <laughs> She's visible at all times. And here's the one photo of me that they've got up on the wall. Oh, it's all right. It's it's not the best. It's not the best photo of you. What's that face I'm pulling? Though? It's not even like a great background. It's not a great. It's not a great picture in general. It's an aggressive picture. It's a dowdy background. It's an old picture. Yeah. Wow. But you know, there are some some lovely ones of the dog. Look, there's one in the Scottish Highlands. Oh. You know, there's one of the dog just on its own. A nice one. There's one of the dog by the oh, sea. It's a lovely uh, dog. There's mum and my dad oh. and the dog. <laughs> Picture of them together. <laughs> it's not a picture of you, your mum and dad. There's a picture no, no, of your no. mum and dad and the dog. Yeah, yeah. So is that normal? Is it not normal? How should I address the matter with my parents? I find out in this week's The Incident. For advice on this, I talked to the enormous comedian Greg Davis, who's currently visiting his mother. How, so how many pictures of you does does your mum have up in in her house? Well, I'm in, I'm in my mum's house now, so let's have a look. One. I'm upstairs now. Yeah. There's, there's one in my room, and uh, there's none in our bedroom. Fucking, I'm gonna take it to task live on air, mate. <laughs> hang on, oh, hang on a minute, mate. There's loads. Oh really? Oh, oh shit! It's not looking good. <laughs> one, two. <laughs> Three, four, five, six. The six in the front room alone. And is this across different eras of your life, or is it? Is yeah, it, uh... there's all there's all beautifully documented different eras of my life. <laughs> I mean, I've got to say that looking at this, half of them are from the comedy years, right? And I know that she. Uh, you know, my sister gave her children, and probably the only happiness I brought her is, is uh, my comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but the the pictures um, aren't just from your comedy career; there are ones that predate it. No, they're fifty fifty in the front room. Right, fifty fifty with uh, caring about me as a human and caring about <laughs> me because I'm a moderately successful comedian. As I come in. <laughs> I come into the conservatory, which yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to make a little note of, I bought. <laughs> um, there's two, yeah, there's five, there's six all comedy ones in the conservatory. How how big is the biggest one? We're not talking tour posters here, are well, I've got we? a poster of Man Down. Right, do you want me to talk to her? Yes. Find out what she thinks? Yes, please, yeah. I'm in the dining room now where she's sitting. And there's one, two. Turn the telly down. I'm speaking to Jeff Lloyd. And um, he's been home to see his mum. 
and um, she's only got one picture of him in the house. But she's got how many of the dog? Five of the dead dog. She's got five of the dead dog up. And I've just been round here, and just a cursory glance tells me that there's about 16 of me downstairs. <laughs> I just wonder what you made of it. I, I mean, in my mind, it means that Jeff's just one doesn't really love him. <laughs> While we're recording, though, I'll just ask my... Who do you like Who do you like better, me or my sister? No way, we're not going into that. How We've many, how how many, many pictures times. of your sister are there up? Let's do that live. Yeah. If I find out there's more of her... <laughs> the trouble is, she's got children, and I think that the grandchildren count as one for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, she says, go and look on the piano quite aggressively. <laughs> I've already been in there, and there are a lot of me. But I was just suggesting to Jeff that more than half of them are, are because of my comedy career. <laughs> my mum just sighed and said, fuck, Jeff. <laughs> and, uh, she, just, she just sighed, said, fuck, and then to herself said, you can't win. <laughs> So what what we're learning here is in a sliding doors world where you'd never done that comedy course, you, your sister would be vastly outnumbering you at this point. Oh Jesus Christ! If you took comedy out, that's a great idea. If we hang on, if we take comedy out of it. There's one, two of me. Jesus wept. There's only two of me. Three. Oh, my God, there's about 16 pictures, and most of them are just her pride in my comedy career. Oh, no, there's four. There's one. It's a family one there. She's proud. She is proud of my career, but there's only three of me before that. There's fucking hundreds of my sister and her, and her damn kid. I've got a great quote, actually. The uh, who do you prefer, me or my sister, has been a... It's been a real thing in our family for years. Yes. When, whenever either my sister and I are bored, we've always quizzed both my parents when dad was still alive mm. about about who was their favourite. And um, I <laughs> I was quizzing them both. My dad was ignoring me a few years ago. And my mum went, I'm sick of you asking. <laughs> Just as she did there. I'm sick of you asking this. It's absolutely ridiculous. I love you both equally. It's, uh, it's an absolutely preposterous thing to keep putting on us who's the favourite. And I said, Dad, what about you? And he came straight out. There was no hesitation in this. He came out from behind his newspaper and he said, if I want some surface-level banter, then it's you. But for a more meaningful relationship, <laughs> your sister. <laughs> that is a direct quote. Oh, well, at least, you, at least your mum humours you. <laughs> At least she gives the pretense that she loves you both equally. No, she does. She <laughs> doesn't, you know. I mean, honestly, the more I look around here, there's too many pictures of me. Jesus, when my career collapses, it's going to be an inter- it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting if she takes them down because she's now ashamed of me. <laughs> or whether she remembers the glory years. Yeah, you'll be able to spot where the peak of your career was by the concentration of pictures in your mum's house. By the the white squares on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Replaced by the grandchildren. Damn those girls. Damn those accursed kids. Do you think I should um, confront my mum? I think, if anything, you're... 
it seems to me that your mum's love is understated and subsequently uh, more real. <laughs> and I would just, I, I hope you're still recording. I am, yeah, I'd yeah. Like, I would like to put it on record that I'm joking and my mother is a wonderful woman and we get on very well. <laughs> and I don't think that she's a fame whore. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're insightful and aligned... With this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Let me ask you if I did something wrong the other day. I don't think I did. Okay. But I ended up being made to feel like I'd done a terrible thing. Okay. So I was walking to the bus stop hmm. and there was, um, I presume, a, a homeless guy, but certainly a, a guy begging. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was sitting on the pavement and he looked like he was having like a bad time of it now i didn't have any change on me so as i was passing passing him i did the uh, oh sorry i've got no change mate face but he's he's shaking he's got a mcdonald's cardboard cup with coins in it and he's shaking it quite aggressively mm. and as he shakes it a pound coin flips up out of it okay so i bend down mm. and pick up the pound coin that's fallen out of his cup yeah. and put it back in his cup okay and then he sort of really scowls at me okay so I haven't done anything wrong at this point. You're helping him, surely. I think I'm helping him. Yeah. But I felt there was the, the suggestion that um, while you're down here, you can uh, fish something out of your own pocket. Yeah, you're right. I think they I think you, seeing as you've bent down, yeah, yeah. you might as well double it. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I, that's what he's thinking. You're right. Yeah. And, and now that I think about that, that is a good strategy. Oh, I see. Yeah. I had a thing with a big issue seller it was, that was really awful. Um, he was at the tube station, um, and I, I walked past and I thought I could do my bit. Like it was a like it was a really horrible, cold, rainy day. So I buy a big issue. I bought it, and he went, "Oh, thank goodness, that was my last one." I went, "Oh, great, you can go home now." Oh, Annabelle! <laughs> I, oh, Annabelle! Realise what I'd said. But there was another guy, another big issue seller. What, what do you think about the big issue? So I don't think it? it's a very good magazine. Thank you. This is what yeah. I was too scared to say, and I wanted you to say it first. You're not buying the magazine because you want it. Yeah. You're you're giving money to to them. Yeah. yeah. So what I will usually say is, there you go, have the money, but keep the magazine. You know, then you sell one extra. Yes. Well, that this is what happened to me. A big issue seller guy. Um, I gave to give the money the big issue, and he went, actually, can I just have the money? And I was like, God, yeah. <laughs> Because it saves me having to put it in the bin like when I'm behind your back. And I really think that most people think that. Oh, dear, we're all terrible people, aren't we? No, here's, here's, here's the problem with the big issue. Mm. So a lot of it is very worthy writing yeah. about social causes. Mm. And when you have given that money, you, you're doing something charitable. Like, nothing is truly altruistic. Mm. You know, you, you're doing it for, you know, 
largely as an act of charity to help somebody in need out. But you also sort of want to feel a little bit good about yourself. Yeah. And it really takes the edge off feeling good about yourself when you see some of the articles in that magazine. Right. And, oh, the poetry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now that you're listening, it's happening. Do you know it? Do you like it? When will you be here in the future? I will be here in the future. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Well, here we are in the problematic. Oh, I love it. At the Glap Clinic. Ready for Quandary Corner. They're perfect. Love okay. it. I have actually had a few more suggestions. Oh, Are you interested? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, John Strick has sent in quite a few. Mm-hmm. Regulations for the nation. Yep. Regulation station. Yep. Department of Deportment. I like that. <laughs> Ministry of Manners. Is Deportment really what we're doing here? No, no, I suppose so. Or Deportment def- makes me think of, um, we'd be getting people walking up and down with books on their head. Well, that'd be good. Order from Chaos. And social not working. It's all good, good, all good. He does yeah. say all pretty average, I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah. I think we're, we're somewhere between Quandary Corner, Glap Clinic and Problematic, aren't we? Yeah. We, we're gonna, it's going to take us a lot to take us away from those. But, but you know, please keep uh, sending suggestions. Oh, yes. If something pops into your mind. Mm. I quite like the fact that every week we <laughs> yeah. sort of try and decide on a name for it. Exactly. Okay, the first one is from Mitchell, who says, Dear Glap Clinic, in brackets, Quandary Corner. I get the daily train to and from work and frequently bear witness to quite rude fellow passengers that deem it acceptable to sit with their arms down by their side whilst the three of us are cramped into a three-seater. Just out of common decency and the basic fact of not wanting to upset anyone, I would always contort myself into such a shape as to share what minimum room there is. Question. At what point is it okay to ask the person next to me, not that I would, to kindly move their arms? P.S. I'm the type of person who once, whilst travelling on a plane, was so annoyed by the person in front who thought we all wanted to hear him playing a video game that, in meek revenge, wedged my iPhone between his headdress and played the ace of spades so loudly that my wife <laughs> threatened to move seats. That's that's quite a hostile act. Don't you think that meek revenge is, is also a very good topic? Oh, yeah, meek definitely. Revenge. Meek revenge, yes, that. please, yeah. Okay, but back to the question. Mm. At what point is it okay to ask the person next to you to move their arms? I don't think you can actually say it out loud. No. I just think you need to just sort of shove. You need to sort of wriggle around. Yeah, yeah. So that it becomes very apparent. I'd huff a lot. Huffing, yeah. Yeah. Tusking. Yeah, tusk, yeah. 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 There's your answer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wriggle, tusk, huff. Yeah. Repeat <laughs> yeah. until they move their arms. Uh, this is from Colonel Claire. She has, I have a quick question for Quandry Corner. When I go to the hairdressers, they always give me a head massage while they wash my hair. I'm sure you'll both have your opinions on that. But my question is, how are you supposed to behave during said head massage? Uh-huh. Should you close your eyes and look like you're really enjoying it? I've always thought that would be a bit weird in the middle of a busy salon. So I elect to just act normal like it's not happening. But that <laughs> somehow seems rude, like I'm not appreciating it. What to do? I, ha- I I would like to know too because I have exactly the same quandary. I don't know. Well, I don't. Th- I don't think you should be sort of letting out sensual noises. Oh, you shouldn't. Oh God, I regret that now. <laughs> right. Okay. I think I think you want to try and convey serenity hmm. with your face, hmm. or you know, do do something not dissimilar to what you're doing at the moment. Acting. I mean, don't don't talk. Don't have a chat. Right. You know, you've. I think the the social contract is the person doing the head massage knows that. You don't need to engage in small talk, so why would you put yourself through that? Mm. Um, but I think once you're done, you should go, oh, that was lovely, thank you. Oh, so you do acknowledge it. Yeah. And do you close your eyes? 
Yeah, but I think you you know as you you don't want to look like you're having a sensual experience. Okay, so how do you do? How do you convey that you're closing your eyes, but it's not sensual? <laughs> you just you just want to seem calm. You want to seem at peace. Okay, like you've been embalmed. Okay. <laughs> Okay, great. There's yeah. there's the answer. Yeah. Lovely. And then, oh, thank you. That was lovely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, we rattled through those, mm. didn't we? Yeah. Um, if you have any social situation, any interaction where you're not sure what the rules are, um, we will be able to tell you very definitively. Um, just just ask. Yep. And we'll we'll sort it out for you. We'll tell we'll tell you how to behave. Email. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. And if you put in the subject line, problem attic, glap clinic, uh, quandary corner, um, social not working, and any of the above, yeah. we'll understand. Yeah. Uh, hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening to it. Thank you for downloading it. Please spread the word. Tell people about it. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Um, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you'd find us a new listener. Oh, yeah. Or two. Yeah. You know, we, we understand, though, that uh, you, you, know, you risk losing friends mm. by doing so. But isn't that a risk worth taking? <laughs> no, not really. No, probably no, not, no. though. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And advice this week came from the enormous and excellent human being that is Greg Davis. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox were our announcers and made our eye dents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. We would love your support. Financially, you know, I'm just going to have to come out and say it. We want your money, please. Um, Support the podcast, patreon.com stroke adrift. And Annabelle and I, we're just going to get our makeup done and our hair and so on. And then we'll be recording our first video for Patreon supporters. And if you're on your uppers at the moment and you haven't got the money to spare, if you uh, could rate and review us on iTunes, that kind of thing comes in very handy. Share your story of social ineptitude with us and your fellow drifters. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com and uh, same in a, and that's the same email address for Quandary Corner, Glap Clinic and, and all that. And finally, Annabelle, because it's your birthday, when we did the radio show, you'd always get to pick a song on your birthday. Oh, yeah. But we can't play songs on the podcast for copyright reasons. Mm-mm. But you could pick a song and then people could go away and listen to it on Spotify or on a record player or, or whatever means they wanted to, really. Oh, OK. So what am I really into at the moment? Um, or should I just go for an old classic? I'll just go for the bangles if she knew what she wants. Because I'd ask for that the most, I think. Adrift. Adrift. Podication time. This comes from Jacob in Florida, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. I have been a long-time listener to your radio show, Back to the Virgin Radio Days, but have only this last year started listening to the podcast. I had a brief hiatus since it became difficult to listen to the radio show here in the UK, uh, in the USA, but I am glad to say I've followed you to a drift. Um, 
We didn't get anti-American, did we? No, never. When he says uh, it became difficult to listen to you. No, it's because we you couldn't hear it abroad. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, they unplugged the thing, didn't they? Exactly, yes, of yeah. Course, yeah. Um, I have an awkward story to share and a podication to request. First, I would like to request a podication for my son Hayden as he's turning 18 on the 15th of March this year. What better way to celebrate than a podication from my favourite podcast? Hmm. A car. Hmm. Buying him a car. Yeah, that would be a better way. Yeah. yeah. Um, sadly, he doesn't listen, but it's his loss. <laughs> as far as I know, I'm the only one who listens out of my friends. I've tried to get others to listen, even a co-worker who recently moved back to the US after working in England for 10 years, but no luck yet. Uh, next is the awkward story. I am in the Army National Guard and we frequently train in less than ideal environments. A few months ago, we were training in one such environment. It was a little chilly with a good breeze blowing. It was lunchtime and we had MREs to eat for lunch. If you're not familiar, these are meals ready to eat. Okay, so you, Ready you, meals. You could tell when I was saying MREs. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know what it was. Um, Why don't they just say ready meals? It's easier than saying MREs. Yeah, but you know Americans, mm-hmm. they really like to mangle the language. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, some taste okay. But all of them can cause problems with the old digestive tack. I'd finished my MRE and a few hours later I was not in good shape and needed the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I'm not in good shape. <laughs> so it's nice way of saying yeah. it. Uh, this brought on a second problem. Where we were had a bathroom, but it was more of a glorified porta potty than a real be- uh, bathroom. If you can imagine a small room with a long trough for a urinal and four seats with toilet lids lined up next to each other with no dividers between them. There's no running water and absolutely no privacy. These seats are literally close enough that if you sat next to someone, your legs would touch. This is like being in prison, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I imagine. (laughs) Um, I poked my head in to see if it was empty. Of course it was not. The sergeant in there said, Occupied! This man outranked me, but at this point I didn't really have a choice. I walked in anyways, mumbled an apology, blaming the MRE. The sergeant was surprised and with shock in his voice said, Oh, you're joining me. Do you want to do that in the American accent? No. Um, He was on one end and I sat at the other. It was all very awkward and I stared at the wall and tried hard not to make any eye contact as my stomach was making very unflattering noises. He decided... um, it was necessary to warn me that the breeze was cold across your bottom. With that, he finished and left. Mm, strange. That is a strange thing to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt he just needed to say. I felt the need to say something. Yeah, it's a small talk, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had some peace and quiet to finish my business, or so I thought. Not two minutes after the man left, I heard someone calling my name from outside, asking if I was okay. He said he would block the door so I could finish in private. I finished and left, having no choice but to thank the man who was another sergeant in my unit and walk away. I went back to work, thoroughly embarrassed but glad the ordeal was over. In a large group of my fellow soldiers later that day, the sergeant from the bathroom walked up and asked me how I liked the breeze across my bare bottom, (laughs) as if nothing awkward had happened. Creepy. All I could say was, it was cold. (laughs) (laughs) I quickly walked away. I have worked with this sergeant several times since and neither of us has brought it up. Oh, no. Hopefully it's in the past, <laughs> even though I'm still haunted by it every time I see him. I think, it, you know, the, the longer time goes on, the odder it would be for him to bring it up. Definitely. 
And finally, this comes from Ewan, who says, Howdy, Jeff and Annabelle. Howdy. Howdy. My name is Ewan, and I was wondering if I could ask for a cheeky podication for my fiancée, Zoe, around about the 19th of March, as it's her birthday. I haven't managed to uh, turn her into a drifter yet, Mm. but don't worry, I am very persistent. (laughs) If I'm lucky enough to have this podication, then I will play this episode in the car for her to hear. However, she is rather prone to zoning out when staring out the window. Understandable, as we live in the Scottish Highlands. Mm. Uh, I'm sure she has a good story about a social faux pas I'll try and get to share so I um, I kindly ask if you can both give an almighty happy birthday Zoe happy birthday Zoe Zoe woo birthday Zoe Ewan says happy birthday Zoe we mean you not a different Zoe oi Zoe (laughs) you Zoe you and Zoe and he doesn't own you you know his possession no he doesn't no Zoe happy birthday Think well, I've done the trick. Yeah, that will do. Not sure it's the best advert for the podcast. <laughs> Not at all. And one more podication. We nearly missed this one actually because it only came in this morning. As a rule of thumb, uh, if you get them in by Sunday night, because that's mm. when Annabelle checks them. Mm-hmm. But this comes from our old friend Paul Varela. Who oh says, well. Ahoy, hoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy, hoy. Any, any, anything to say about that? Oh God. <laughs> No, okay. and nor do you. Uh, the year has flown by, and in that time, Annabelle has her own little man, which we were absolutely delighted to hear about. Congratulations to both you and Tom, and welcome to the world, Rudy. Mm. Annabelle was kind enough to send us a picture of him wearing some Adrift merch, and he's absolutely lovely. Oh, yeah. You must be so very happy. Yes. Annabelle versus the internet has also been released into the wild with my copy arriving last week. So it's like you've had two babies in a year. I know, your baby is. book and your baby baby. Um, also, Jeff's plan for world domination has started to build momentum with two podcasts, a radio interview show, and now the ability to affect weather to replace Danny Baker on the airwaves. <laughs> the Jeffocracy is approaching fast. Yes. And I would just like to remind our future leader that I've been a loyal subject throughout his time as, uh, as, as one of us. Use the power for good, Jeff. Don't care it get carried away. Wise words. You're on the you know you're on the list of cronies that I'll appoint <laughs> the second chamber. Mm. Um, anyway, I'd like to request a publication for the fifteenth of March for the one, the only Matilda Varela. Ah, oh, Matilda. I never know if I'm saying Paul's surname right. I know I've asked him about. How it. How else would you say it? It's a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it must be Varela. Right. Varela. 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 Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it could be, yeah. Um, you may remember you managed to put a occasion first for her last year by doing one on the day she was born. Mm. Well, here we are, one year on, and her first birthday is this Thursday. Oh. After a shaky start, which saw Mommy Polly. Sorry, I said Mommy then, didn't I? Yeah. Sorry, the force of habit. Mm. It's embarrassing. Sarah won't let me call her mum around Jean. Oh. So I have to refer to her as Mom. Oh, really? Because she wants to be mom. For, yeah, because oh. she thinks it would feel weird to her. But it feels weird for you to go mom. I know. Yeah. This is, this is what my life is like now. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, after a shaky start, which saw mummy Polly readmitted to hospital for a few days with an infection following a C-section, the time had flown by. Um, did I read that weirdly? No. Okay. I've become very insecure since the mom, 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 <laughs> mom thing. Uh, Jeff, as you already know, and Annabelle, as you are finding out, 
every day they change a little bit and you can literally see them develop before your eyes she has brought us nothing but joy and laughter uh, she's gone from a helpless little bundle of joy into the real character she is now who knows exactly what she wants and when she's on the verge of crawling stroke standing and is into everything she loves music and dancing along and has clapping down to a fine art she even managed to make mummy a butterfly card for mother's day with a little help of course she's been such a good girl and not been phased at all as we move from our own house into my parents for a few months and then onto our new forever home which we're busy getting i'm gonna cry again is it, was it the words forever home? I don't, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it was. It's oh. just, you know, sunrise, sunset. Mm. Turn, turn, turn to every season. Mm. Um, uh, and we're busy getting just right for you to play. I can't. Hang on a second. Oh. I, this is the first... I'm sure the only time that this happened was when Paul sent in that... The first when one. When Matilda was born. But I think I think it's the memories of that. It's making yeah, you emotional. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bless. Um, to play and grow into whatever you want to be. That is a really lovely thing to it say. Is, it is. You've changed our lives forever in the best possible way and every day you make our world better. We know you are too little to understand this now. Oh, I'm but going a you bit. <laughs> are a little miracle, and we love you with all our hearts. So, Matilda Monkey Moo, our beautiful baby girl, happy first birthday. We hope you enjoy the little party we're having for you this weekend and that you like the Minnie Mouse cake. If you could show your appreciation by sleeping through the night for a few in a row, mm. uh, that would be just perfect. Oh, she's not sleeping through the night? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all my emotions are gone now. <laughs> Oh, Matilda, come on, sleep through the night. Which I should just plug, uh, because the thing that made the big difference for us was one of our listeners, Hannah, um, we got her in to help us with Jean's sleep, which, sorry, this is boring for you if you you know not got babies, you're child-free, you're not interested in babies, I know, sorry. But if you are and you're in sleep hell, um, I got in touch with one of our listeners, Hannah, who I got to know through the podcast census survey mm. a couple of years ago. And... Um, she, she, Jean was waking up like every hour and a half, sometimes more, sometimes every 45 minutes. And she came and fixed him and he sleeps like a dream now. She changed her life really, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. It was absolutely. fairly bad. Yeah. Um, he, she was just amazing. So if you look up, um, let me see if I can find Hannah's website. I think it's timeforsleep.co.uk, but I could say that and then you end up like looking at mattresses or something. <laughs> Let's have a look. Yeah, that's her. Oh. So if, if if you, Paul, or anyone is struggling, um, one of our listeners, Hannah, is is amazing, and she can um, she can fix that. I think she's got a ninety percent success rate, maybe more. I plucked that figure out of thin air, but Did I know you? it's I know it's a lot. You should have plucked a hundred then. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do something inaccurate, you might as well go for a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Hundred. She gives it hundred and ten. Right. Good. Good. So so there we go. Uh, latest edition of the podcast, podicated to little Matilda. Um, and to Zoe, Zoe, you still with us, Zoe? <laughs> from Ewan. And, of course, in Florida, Hayden from uh, his dad, Jacob. And if you'd like a podication, then you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. That's podcast, in case I said that weirdly. Mm. Almost sounded like podcast. <laughs> Would that be a good idea for a podcast? A podcast? Yeah, it'd be about pob. <laughs> Not sure how much you can get out of that, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I don't think that usually stops people with podcasts. True, yeah, yeah. true. Um, email hello at adriftpodcast.com and we'll have another one for you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.